onto the hard wood and steel chair. Almost before he asked, the Italian owner placed tea in front of him in a tall white mug, which came with triangles of white buttered bread. Within five minutes, a full English breakfast lay before him on a large oval plate. Strike blended well with the strong men banging their way in and out of the cafe. He was large and dark, with dense short curly hair that had receded a little from the high dome forehead that topped a boxer's broad nose and thick surly brows. His jaw was grimy with stubble and bruised-coloured shadows enlarged his dark eyes. He ate, gazing dreamily at the market building opposite. The nearest arched entrance, numbered two, was taking substance as the darkness thinned. A stern stone face, ancient and bearded, stared back at him from over the doorway. Had there ever been a god of carcasses? He had just started on his sausages when Dominic Culpepper arrived. The journalist was almost as tall as Strike, but thin, with a choir boy's complexion. A strange asymmetry, as though somebody had given his face a counterclockwise twist, stopped him being girlishly handsome. This better be good, Culpepper said as he sat down, pulled off his gloves, and glanced almost suspiciously around the cafe. Want some food? asked Strike, through a mouthful of sausage. No, said Culpepper. Rather wait till you can get a croissant, asked Strike, grinning. Fuck off, Strike. It was almost pathetically easy to wind up the ex-public schoolboy, who ordered tea with an air of defiance, calling the indifferent waiter, as Strike noted with amusement, Mate. Well? demanded Culpepper, with a hot mug in his long, pale hands. Strike, fished in his overcoat pocket, brought out an envelope and slid it across the table. Culpepper pulled out the contents and began to read. Fucking hell, he said quietly after a while. He shuffled feverishly through the bits of paper, some of which were covered in Strike's own writing. Where the hell did you get this? Strike, whose mouth was full of sausage, jabbed a finger at one of the bits of paper on which an office address was scribbled. Is very fucked off P.A., he said, when he had finally swallowed. He's been shagging her, as well as the two you know about. She's only just realised she's not going to be the next Lady Parker. How the hell did you find that out? asked Culpepper, staring up at Strike, over the papers trembling in his excited hands. Detective work, said Strike thickly, through another bit of sausage. Didn't your lot used to do this before you started outsourcing to the likes of me? But she's got to think about her future employment prospects, Culpepper, so she doesn't want to appear in the story. All right, Culpepper snorted. She should have thought about that before she nicked. With a deft movement, Strike tweaked the papers out of the journalist's fingers. She didn't nick him. He got her to print this lot off for him this afternoon. The only thing she's done wrong is show it to me. But if you're going to splash her private life all over the papers, Culpepper, I'll take them back. Piss off, said Culpepper, making a grab for the evidence of wholesale tax evasion clutched in Strike's hairy hand. All right, we'll leave her out of it. But he'll know where we got it. He's not a complete tit. What's he going to do? Drag her into court where she can spill the beans about every dodgy thing she's witnessed over the last five years? (sighs) Yeah, all right.
sighed Culpepper, after a moment's reflection. Give him back. I'll leave her out of the story, but I'll need to speak to her, won't I? Check she's kosher. Those are kosher. You don't need to speak to her, said Strike firmly. The shaking, besotted, bitterly betrayed woman whom he had just left would not be safe left alone with Culpepper. In her savage desire for retribution against a man who had promised her marriage and children, she would damage herself and her prospects beyond repair. It had not taken Strike long to gain her trust. She was nearly forty-two. She had thought that she was going to have Lord Parker's children. Now a kind of bloodlust had her in its grip. Strike had sat with her for several hours, listening to the story of her infatuation, watching her pace her sitting-room in tears, rock backwards and forwards on her sofa, knuckles to her forehead. Finally, she had agreed.